0: Hey, my name is Jason Byler. I'm the pastor of Life Change Church. Thank you so much for checking out our podcasts. I believe that if you'll listen to them, uh, that you will be blessed. Mark 4 tells us that the Word of God uh, planted down inside of our hearts uh, can bring forth a rich, beautiful abundant harvest in our lives. This is my desire uh, for you. Uh, So as you listen to the word, just receive it, let it get down in your heart, bring forth a harvest. Thank you so much again for listening. God bless you. Praise the Lord. I'm so glad to uh, see you all uh, this morning. So thankful that uh, you're here. Uh, So thankful for all of you uh, who are joining Uh, with us online, or listening to us uh, on a podcast, or however else you're watching this, or or hearing this, thankful uh, that you are. Uh, I believe that it is a very important day, Um, actually always believe that we've got a life changing message, but this one is uh, is so relevant, and so important, and so needed, Uh, so I hope everyone will focus in, pay attention, uh, all of you online who could so easily slip away, Uh, Please don't uh, stay uh, connected with us this morning and let's see what the Lord will speak to us and what He will uh, deliver us from, what levels of freedom He will bring to our lives. Before we get into it, let's just pray uh, this morning. Thankful for the presence of the Lord here with us. And just, uh, just wanted to just close my eyes and pray and just see how the Spirit leads. Let's pray together. Lord, we do thank You for Your presence in this place. We thank You, Lord, for Your hand upon our lives. We thank You for Your goodness, for Your mercy, uh, for Your grace. Thank You, Lord, that when we thought we had lost ourselves, that You ran us down and found us. That when we thought that we were beyond repair, that You gathered up all the pieces and put us back together that your loving potter hands have put us back together in a new way better than we ever thought we could be. We glorify you and we exalt you that in you we are a new creation, that we are your workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which you have prepared in advance for us to do. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for forgiving us. We thank you for freeing us. We thank you that the name of Jesus was proclaimed in our lives and our ears were open and our hearts receptive and we received the word of the Lord and found salvation and life and freedom and peace in Christ and in Christ alone. And we pray, Lord, that today the message of Jesus would be proclaimed not only in this church, but in churches all across America and all across the world, that Jesus would be proclaimed and that hearts would receive and lives would be changed and transformed. We know that you, Lord Jesus, are the hope for our country. We know that the church has been given the task of proclaiming you. And we pray today in America, Jesus, stir up your church Fire up a passion within inside of us for you and for your life-changing message. Bring revival to the church in the United States of America. We believe that if revival comes to our church, that transformation and life change will come to our nation. For Jesus, you are what is needed. Help us not to get distracted, Lord, but to focus on proclaiming you and making you known. Lord, we pray that we will see and that we will see it quickly an America that together once again proclaims, in God we trust. An America that's not trying to get you out of the Pledge of Allegiance or get you out of the schools or get you off of our money, but an America that has returned to you. And is standing on you and hoping in you and looking to you for for protection and, and direction and guidance and truth and wisdom. Trusting in you. We hope that for our country. We pray that for our country. We know that where it starts is right in our lives, in our hearts. So we surrender our hearts to you today. And we declare that we trust in you. That you are our hope and our peace, our God and our King. We pray this today. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we give you our service, our time together. We open our hearts. We ask you to speak. Sow your word into our lives today. Let it be what we need. Let us hear it and receive it and accept it and be changed and transformed by it. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Aren't you thankful for His goodness? I would like to... Uh, continue this morning to deal uh, with the thorns. I want to use the word deal with because I want us to deal with them. I want us to not only identify the thorns, but we've got we've to deal with them as well. And we've got to go to war, if you will, uh, against thorns, against the weeds, against the things that would grow up and choke out the Word of God in our lives. So again, we're not just identifying the thorns, but today we're going to deal with the thorns that could come up, and keep the Word of God from being as fruitful as it should be in our lives. If you're not sure what I'm talking about, uh, let me explain. If you remember in Mark chapter 4, uh, that Jesus taught this parable. And he talked about a farmer, and a farmer sowing seed, and the seed landing on different grounds. And nobody really was sure what exactly he was talking about. So later on, uh, his disciples came, and they asked him, you know, sometimes it's good to just ask. If you don't know, just ask. They asked him, Jesus, what, what were you talking about? Uh, explain to us uh, this parable. And so Jesus gives us this explanation uh, in Mark, uh, chapter four. Uh, Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Let's start uh, at um, whatever verse I gave you to start at. Scott 14, yeah. Uh, the farmer uh, sows the word. So he explains that this is the seed being sown is the Word. In Luke's account, Luke 8, Luke gets a little bit more detailed with it and makes it known that this is the Word of God. So all of a sudden, this seed is very important. And then Jesus goes on and he says, some people are like seed uh, sown along the path where the Word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes the Word away, uh, takes that Word uh, that was sown in them. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. So Jesus is is telling us this, this sown seed is the word of God, and we see that the ground is us, that the ground is people. That the Word of God lands on our hearts and, 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 and is to get down in us and, and germinate and, and produce roots down in us and then to grow up in our lives. But there are things that take place that keep that Word from growing the way that it should grow. And then he continues in verse 18. Still others like seeds sown among the thorns hear the Word, but the worries of this life... So. so so in, the, uh, in, the, uh, uh, in this explanation, Jesus is going to clearly define for us what the thorns are. He's going to identify clearly what these uh, thorns are, and we're going to identify them as Jesus has, and then we're going to talk about dealing with these thorns. So here's, here's, he's identifying these thorns, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. So these thorns all of a sudden become a real big deal because not only are they growing up, but they are able to choke the word of God that has been sown, planted, and begun to grow and keep that word from becoming as fruitful as it should be. There, in, in Luke's account, it says that it's able to choke the word so that it doesn't become perfect or it doesn't come to maturity. But we cannot accept this. And this is why we've got to not only identify these thorns, but we've got to deal with these thorns because we so need The Word of God sown into our lives, accepted, received. We need it to get roots down in us. We need it to grow up and mature to the place of perfection where it is bringing forth fruit in our lives. So I know there's a lot to deal with in this parable, but I really want to focus in on these thorns because I think that this is where a lot of people are. That this is where a lot of Christians are. They've not rejected the word of the Lord. You know, they haven't been so hard uh, that the enemy could come and just quickly steal it from them. They've received it and accepted it and it's even been able to put forth roots down deep inside of them so that they'll face difficulty and trials and persecution and that word will not wither and die. But the word is not as fruitful as it should be because they're allowing thorns to grow up in their lives as well that are choking that word. It's there, but it's being choked so that it can't mature. It's being choked so that it's not as fruitful as it should be. And this cannot happen. Because we must have the fruit of the Word of God in our lives. Just let me remind you of some of the fruit that the Word of God produces in our lives. It produces fruit, nourishment, health, to us. Jesus said that man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. There is a fullness and a a fulfilling and a fruitfulness that comes to our lives from the fruit of the word of God. One of the fruits of the word of God is that it is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We must have this fruit. In this dark, deceptive time, we've got to have the Word of God shining as a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our past so that we can see where to go. It is the, it is the light of the Word of God that will reveal to us the traps that the enemy sets. You know what? He's, he's running out there in the future and and going to set a trap on a path that you're going to go down but you will easily not step it step into it you will easily see it if you have the fruit of the word of god being a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path uh, in in psalm 119 he says that i've hidden your word in my heart that i might not sin against you one of the fruits of the word of god is righteousness in our lives wisdom knowledge understanding these are fruits of the Word of God within our lives uh, protection, uh, victory, freedom, uh, friendship, life giving friendships, and beautiful relationships, meaningful, abundant fruitfulness. These are fruits of the Word of God in our lives that we must have that we want for ourselves and that we so need for our children. So we cannot allow the thorns to come and allow this to take place. The word of God, which should be so fruitful to be unfruitful in our lives. So we've got to identify these thorns and we must deal with these thorns. The other thing that takes place, I mean, can can you just... Just dream with me here for a moment why this is so important. Not only are these fruits so wonderful and abundant in our lives, but you know what happens when when you deal with the thorns and the word of God begins to be fruitful in your life and all of a sudden, it begins to bring success and, and prosperity and it begins to produce righteousness and freedom and all of a sudden you start to have a wisdom that you've never had before and you begin to understand the, the ways of the kingdom of God and you begin to walk in them and live those out. You know what's going to happen in your life? All of a sudden these fruits of the word of God are going to bring upon you the blessing of the Lord. So not only are you enjoying a life of walking in the fruits of the the word of God being produced in your life, but on top of that, those are bringing God's blessing poured out upon you in abundance. Hey, yeah? Hallelujah. Excuse me for a minute. But somebody's just got to tell you that that's good. Somebody's just got to tell these young people that that's good, that that's the way you want to live. Right? You want to live with the fruits of the Word of God flourishing and blooming and growing in your life, and you want to live with the blessing of the Lord poured out upon you. You want to live with Him round about you like the mountains are round about Jerusalem. You want to live surrounded by His favor as with a shield. I'm telling you, you want to live with Him singing over you songs of deliverance, pouring out His blessing upon your life. I'm getting a little bit excited. I'm just Trying to show you a passion for the Word of God flourishing and blooming within your heart, and it's going to bring the blessing of the Lord upon your life. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to go an hour or a day or a week or a month or a year without it. I want the blessing. This brings the blessing. We got to not only identify these thorns, we must deal with them. We can't allow them to grow up and choke the Word of God out of our lives. I don't want it for me, I don't want it for you, I don't want it for my kids. Praise Jesus, Hallelujah. We were talking about somebody the other day, not in a bad way. We were we were praying for them and talking about them, and 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 in the conversation, someone someone full of just love, they began to weep. I was like, "Why are you Why are you weeping?" And they're like, "I don't I don't, I don't want them to go down the wrong path. I don't want them to to step out of the blessing of the Lord." I don't want that life for them. I want them, to, I want them to walk down the path that God has for them. I want them to have the word of God growing and flourishing in their heart. I want them to be under the blessing of the Lord. I want them to walk into the abundant life that is found in Christ and in Christ alone. That's what I want for them. That's why I'm crying and weeping. I remember as a kid, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I just, I, just, I don't know. I don't know what happened to me. I was just, I was a kid. I loved Jesus. As a kid, I spent the night at a friend's house and, and, and I knew he wasn't saved and I, and I began to witness to him and tell him about Jesus. I was probably 10, 11 years old. That's probably why I became a pastor. I began to witness to him and he would not accept Jesus. He did not, he believed. He said, I believe it. I don't want to do that right now. I don't want that life for me. And I began to weep and cry in his, in his bedroom because I knew as a young boy the path that he was headed down. And last I heard, he's, he's locked up in prison. You know the path that he's headed down? We don't want that. We don't want it for ourselves. We don't want it for our children. We don't want it for anyone else. We've got to deal with the thorns so that the word of God can bring forth fruit and abundance in our lives. So Jesus identifies the worries of this life. We, we dealt with that last week. So we can cut those things down and keep them down, keep them mowed down, allow the word of God to flourish and not have these worries of life uh, choking out the word. This, the second one that we see here is the deceitfulness of wealth. I, I want to identify this this week, and let's deal with this one. And as we deal with this one, much like as we dealt with this one, uh, we really deal with all of them. I don't know there's like a, Is there a spray that just takes out all the thorns? There one that just boom, takes them, takes them down. We're going to deal with some sprays uh, here that, uh, that just kill all the thorns, some poisons but that they're not poisons they're poison to the thorns they're life giving to uh, to uh, us so we want to deal with the deceitfulness of wealth this morning this is so relevant because we each and every one of us can so be easily led astray by the deceitfulness of wealth and Jesus says that this right here is a thorn that will is thorns that will grow up in our lives and they will choke it out the word of god making it unfruitful so i'm going to give you this morning uh, a a powerful secret to not only identifying this but dealing with the deceitfulness of wealth, dealing with this thorn so that we cut it down and keep it down and it's gone. And then I'm going to teach you just a, a simple prayer uh, to pray uh, to try to help unlock this powerful uh, secret of dealing with the deceitfulness of wealth uh, in our lives. But before we, before we get to that, let's work up to it a little bit so we understand and can, and can, and can recognize how deceitful uh, wealth is. Uh, can be. Let's take some time and talk about wealth, talk about riches, talk about uh, money uh, this this morning. Um, and, and really, there's so much in Scripture that we can go over. We don't have time to do all that, so we're just going to narrow it down we're highlight a couple of things and then we're going to identify this powerful uh, truth, this powerful secret. It's going to help us to deal with this because we need to deal you know, with this. And not only do we need to deal with it today, but it's probably going to come back and try to deceive us in the future and we'll need to deal with it uh, again. But the more we do, the more we cut it down, the more the word of God grows and flourishes and becomes fruitful, the less trouble we have with these thorns that come up uh, so easily in our lives. Just let me go ahead and say here that that uh, money uh, is not bad, and it's not either good or, or bad. It's just it's just money, not good or uh, bad. It's just money. And I recognize, and so do you, so does the Word of God, so does our Heavenly Father, that we need it, that we need money. And, and i know you guys all know that uh, that that it's not bad to be rich and it's not bad to be wealthy and though deceit though wealth is deceitful doesn't mean that rich people are deceitful and it doesn't mean that they're necessarily deceived or trying to deceive none of these things are uh, are true but what is true is that there is a deceitfulness That comes with wealth. And there is an allure that comes with wealth. So that many, many, many are desiring to be rich. Are desiring to be wealthy. and Many even have desired wealth and riches so much. That they are praying and asking God for wealth. And asking God for riches. I know people that play the lottery. And pray and ask God to help them win the lottery. And and then then their reasoning is that they're going to do good things with the money. You know, they're going to pay off the church. And they're going to bless pastors. And they're going to send off a missionary. So Lord, help me win the lottery. They're desiring to be rich. They're praying and asking the Lord if they could be wealthy, if they could be rich. And let me just say to you here that, and please listen to me, and all of you online, please listen to me and, and, and hear this, okay? Because this is, this is true. If you desire to be wealthy, if you desire to be rich, you desire a dangerous thing. Let me say it again. If you desire to be wealthy, if you desire to be rich, you desire a dangerous, dangerous thing. You may not see it online, but people are walking up and leaving right now. No, I'm kidding. They're just out of here. Man, I was coming to church because I want to be rich. No. You desire something that is very, very dangerous. You remember in Matthew chapter 19. Let me just read this to you. Matthew 19, verse 21. Let's start there. Matthew 19, 21. This is This is the encounter that Jesus had with the rich young ruler. And this is after conversation with him. This is, what Jesus, this is what Jesus says. He says, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. The beautiful call of Jesus to follow after him. And this is the rich young ruler's response. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had what? Great wealth. Instead of following after Jesus, which is his only hope at abundant life, his only hope at salvation, his only hope at peace, instead he walks away. Why? Because he has great wealth. And then Jesus said this, then Jesus said to his disciples, truly, I tell you, it's hard It is hard for someone who is what? Rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. That's a scary verse right there. If you are desiring riches so much that it's even got over into your prayer life, Lord, give me wealth, then you better watch out for this right here because Jesus said it's hard for someone who's rich to enter into the kingdom of heaven. If you desire riches, you desire a dangerous thing. Now, I'm not saying that doesn't mean that all rich people are not going to heaven. We know that's not true. And I'm not saying that being rich is bad or being wealthy is bad. I'm just saying it's dangerous. You better be careful. It's very dangerous because it's hard for them to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus goes on to say this. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. And when his disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, who then can be saved? And Jesus gives this great uh, answer. And Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. And so it's possible with God. All things are possible. A pretty cool verse is found in Proverbs 10, uh, I don't really love uh, the uh, new NIV translation for it. I don't think it says it accurately. Uh, but the older NIV translation and other uh, translations say that the Lord can bring wealth and add no trouble to it. That the Lord could make you wealthy, that he could make you rich, that his blessing upon your life could bring riches and wealth without all of the trouble that comes with it. But you better be careful. You better be careful and just leave it up to God. Just lay it in His hands. And if He looks at you and sees your character and recognizes your heart and knows that you are a candidate and adds wealth to you, then just be thankful for it. Because he recognizes that he can bring it to you without it causing you all kinds of difficulty and all kinds of trouble. But I'll tell you, if you go back through Scripture, there are many, many, many who have become wealthy and it led them astray. Now as we look into Scripture, we find further evidence of uh, the danger of wealth. But there's a pretty great prayer uh, that, is, uh, that is in Proverbs 30. Uh, Starting at verse 7, that I've always had a hard time praying, but it's a really good one, right? Because just like all of you, I can be a little bit deceived and led astray if I'm not careful by the deceptiveness of wealth. And I kind of like to fall into that category of the one who the Lord adds wealth to without any any trouble. Proverbs 30, verse 7. A really great prayer. Two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Isn't that an interesting prayer? Don't give me poverty, Lord, but don't give me riches. But give me only my daily bread. And then he explains it. Otherwise, I might have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? He recognizes the danger of wealth. The danger of riches. Get our eye, get our passion, get all of our attention, get our focus, get our hope, get our trust. Make us think that we're invincible and unstoppable and that we don't need God anymore and and, and disown the Lord and say, who is the Lord? And we never want to come to this place. So we can say to the Lord, Lord, if I can't handle it, don't give it to me because I never, ever, ever want to say this. Or, and he said, because of poverty as well, he said, or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God so that we should be content with all that God has given us, with all that God has blessed us with and keep our eyes focused on him. And some may, some may need to pray, Lord, don't ever give me riches because I know that I can't handle it. And I do pray, Lord, don't ever give it to me if I cannot handle it. Now, there's so much on, on money, but a really great passage of Scripture that I think leads us to the, to the help and to the secret for really dealing with the deceptiveness of wealth is found in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6. And I just want just to read through this and highlight a few things, and then we will we'll identify such a wonderful help, and then we will pray. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 3. Let me take a coffee break. I cut the grass yesterday and it's like I don't know why I do that. Verse 3 this kind of sets us up for where we're going here, but it's really good as well. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the and to godly uh, teaching they are conceited and understand nothing. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. so, So he allows this here to lead him into talking about finances and money and wealth. But godliness with contentment, Is great gain. It's a good verse, isn't it? If we have godliness and we're at peace, that is great gain right there. Continuing on, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. That's a verse that a lot of people need to learn right there. A lot of people need to recognize it, they need to know. Right? That's what Jesus is saying to us in Matthew 6. You lay up treasure on earth, that's where it is, and everything perishes. You lay up treasure somewhere else, you lay it up in heaven, and it's going to remain, it's going to stay, because we didn't bring anything in, and we can't take anything out. So if we're laboring, 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 laboring to get rich, and to gain wealth, treasure of this earth, when we're gone, it remains, it cannot go. That's why Proverbs 23 is such a great uh, help, such a great passage of Scripture, such a wonderful thing for us to remember. Uh, Scott, let's jump over there real quick. Let me read this. Proverbs 23, uh, 4. This is so important. Uh, do not wear yourself out to get rich. Don't wear yourself out to get rich. We need to like put that up on a billboard somewhere in the United States of America. Like on every highway going every direction. Because people are zipping and zooming left and right, here and there, getting up early, working late. Everybody's at it, trying to do what? Get rich. Wearing themselves out to get rich. We live in a country that's deceived by wealth, that desires riches, that desires wealth. And everyone's running around trying to get rich, not us. Right? Don't do that. Don't wear yourself out to get rich. Don't trust in your own cleverness. Cast but a glance at riches and they are gone. For they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. Anybody who's lived very long has already realized that this is true. Like where does the money go? It comes in and it goes out. It's like a dagum eagle. Can you say daggum in church? I don't know. I'll try not to do it again. I just did it two times. It's, it's out of here like an eagle. It's gone, man. It sprouts wings. So, so why are we wearing ourselves out for this? We wear ourselves out for something that's a little more grounded. It's a little more staying. That's a little more secure. Don't wear yourself out for this. Because it's gone as quickly as it comes. Back to First Timothy chapter 6. We brought nothing into this world. Man, Scott, you are good, dude. And we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. If we've got food and clothing, we're going we're to be at peace. We're going to be happy. And we're going to be thankful for that. Now, I know in the culture that we live in, I mean, I, I would like to live indoors. I think we probably should. And we have food and clothing And we live indoors, we're content with that. We're happy with that. And I know the culture that we live in, we need a vehicle. You know we need we need to get from from to A and B. We need to be able to to get around. Uh, so you know we you know the necessities. If we have these things, we are content and we are thankful you know, with and for these things. Right? It's that it's that. Don't give me poverty and don't give me riches because I don't want to steal and dishonor you, and I don't want to trust in my riches and dishonor you. Give me my daily bread, Lord. Give me. The, the things that I need to live and to and to be at peace, and I will be content with that. So now he so now he starts to talk to us. Uh, this is Paul writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, starts to speak to us now again of the dangers of money, the dangers of wealth and riches. Listen to these now. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and to many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Did you know that was in there? That's quite a verse, isn't it? I mean, it's just clear, you say, I don't know how dangerous riches are, man, and I sure want them. Well, if you do, if that is if that is a desire or a want in your life, man, I want to be rich, I desire that. Man, my, my two little kids should have been in here this morning. They're all thought, man, I want to be rich, I want money, give me money. I asked them to go pick up sticks in the yard yesterday, and they're like, how much are you going to give me? How much are you going to pay me? I'm like, I'm going to let you sleep inside tonight, you know? Mm-hmm. Preach, yeah. Woo, hallelujah. Jason just got good. Mm. <clears throat> those, who, those who desire, they want to get rich. They, can, they open up all kinds of trouble for them, for themselves, right? So, so if you desire riches, if you desire riches, you desire a dangerous thing that can bring about all kinds of temptations and traps and plunge people into ruin and, to, and into destruction. How many of us have seen this? You've seen this, right? You watch the lifestyles of the rich and famous. It is rare to not see this. It is unusual. And if you do find somebody, they are a child of the king who has learned a valuable principle about money. Here we go. Let's continue. Verse 10. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Now, Remember here that it is not that money is evil or that bad or that even money is a root of all kinds of evil. It's this very important desire, want, and he uses the word here, love. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Lord, free us from it. Don't let us be deceived by it. Let us recognize that we need it, but never fall in love with it so that we love money and we wear ourselves out to get it. What will happen, what does happen, this is why it's so dangerous, is it is a root to all kinds of evil. All kinds of evil begin to grow up from that love of money. Some people eager for money, you see this want, this love, this desire, this this eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. If you ever look and you see someone who has wandered from the faith, if they were in the faith, and, and they, were, they were serving Jesus, and for some reason they have wandered from the faith, so often it is this. It is the love of money that has caused all kinds of evil to grow up, that leads them astray and pierces them with many griefs. It's not 100% this, but it is so often this. The other thing that would cause that would be what we find back in in Mark 4 as more thorns, the desire for other things. There are desires for other things that have grown up within them that they have have allowed to overcome their desire for God and lead them astray uh, from the faith. Verse 11, but you, this is, he's, he's, he's writing this to Timothy, uh, his son in the faith, powerful man of God. So, so now he speaks to him and says, but you, man of God, but we can all receive this, men and women of God, people of God, but you, people of God, flee from all this. It's like not even, don't, not even like don't do away with it, but, but flee from it. Get it out of your life. Get away from it. Get it out of your desires. Get it out of your, get it out of your thinking. Get it out of your labors. Get it out of your pursuit and pursue righteousness godliness faith love endurance and gentleness fight the good fight of faith take hold of the eternal life which you were called which to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses this is this is this is seek the lord and live by faith and pursue these beautiful life-giving things within your life don't be led astray by money don't work hard and labor for that if you're going to wear yourself out for something Wear it out for righteousness and godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Wear it out fighting the good fight of the faith, making sure you stand on Jesus and are calling others to stand on Jesus as well. Don't walk away from your good confession. Stand on your good confession. Hold to it in the pres- that, that you've made in the presence of many witnesses. When you, were, when you proclaimed Jesus and you were baptized in front of everyone, don't give up on that stuff. You stand on it and hold to it. Yeah. Keep that good confession. Yeah. In the sight of God who gives life to everything and of Christ Jesus who, while testifying before Pontius Pilate, made the, good, made the good confession. I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're reminded of eternity and we are reminded that God gives life and then we are reminded Jesus is coming back someday. It's coming back, right? And, and all of our labors for riches aren't going to do us any good at all. All of our pursuit for riches, all of our prayers for riches aren't going to do us any good. We need to be laboring and striving for something else, for something that has an eternal effect that will, that will last when Jesus appears to us in the future, things to come, as, as I'm preaching I'll just share this with you. I am just fighting back the desire to sing "Fiddlers on the Roof." If I were a rich man, I'm just going to let you know I am just holding that back right now. Just, he's just, he's just, I know riches are a curse, but Lord, bless me with such a curse. Bring me this curse. If I were a rich man, you know, and he starts dancing, and all. I'm, I'm holding it back. If Elizabeth were in here, she'd be like, "Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You are a good, good God." Mm. Verse 15, which God will bring about in his own time. God, uh, the blessed and only ruler. I I love, let me just point this out. I I love in Paul's writing, uh, every now and then he just like gets excited uh, and he just starts Talking about the awesomeness of God. It's just like, just like random boom. He hits it and here he does it right here. God will bring about all this in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see to him be honor and might forever. Amen. Amen. Let's Keep our eyes on, on God who is awesome. Now he... Now he comes back in to this to this riches conversation and I'm telling you this is this is gold uh, right here that Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit uh, lays out for us and gives us such a powerful instruction and truth when it comes to dealing with we've identified this thorn we recognize it's a thorn we recognize it's trouble now paul helps us to deal with this thing so that it is gone out of our lives to never be there again he says this command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth which is so uncertain remember it it will surely sprout wings and fly away like an eagle so don't labor for this or put your or put your hope in this because it's gone now Paul's speaking to Timothy who is not only a pastor of a church but he's he's a bishop he's over other churches and other church pastors. And so he gives him this, and this is why he says command because he's, he's, he's over churches. And so he's speaking to people and instructing them in the ways of life. And, and Paul says, be so serious about this, Timothy, that you command those who are rich in, in, in your congregations and under your pastoral care. You command them who are rich in this present world. So there are those in the church who have wealth and who have riches. That's okay. That's okay. I hope that the Lord blesses you in such a way and that you are one that can handle it, that he can add it to you. I don't know that you should cry out for it though. I don't know that you should desire it. I don't know that you should pray for it because it's so dangerous. But I hope that he blesses you with it if you can handle it. But he says, command them to not be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. If you didn't get it, just let me tell you, money, Wealth, riches are uncertain. God is not. We put our hope in what is uncertain. It's going to cause all kinds of trouble in our lives. But if we put our hope in one who is certain, then we're going to be okay. Money is uncertain. God is not. But to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything we need for our enjoyment not only everything we need but he also over the top because god wants us to have some enjoyment all right god wants you to love life and have some fun not only going to provide everything you need but also going to bring some stuff that you don't just for pleasure and enjoyment so don't here here's such powerful truth don't trust in money trust in god and if we trust in God and our hope is in Him, He is going to richly provide us with everything that we need and even stuff that we just enjoy, right? Maybe even just, maybe bless you with a vehicle that won't only get you from A to B, but will massage your back at the same time. I'm saying, isn't that, isn't that crazy? I was watching football yesterday. Yes, hallelujah. It was good. It was good, man. All day long. Joy's like, you know, football's been on all day. I'm like, I know, I know, man, it's been great. I've so missed it. Yeah. Hallelujah. What was I going with that? Oh, I don't know. Oh, they kept they kept advertising this Mercedes. I was like, man, I like that car right there. That thing is nice. And 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 you could change the like color of the atmosphere in the car. I don't know why you need that, but I didn't even realize I wanted it until I saw it. And then I was I'm like, man, I kind of want that. I need that. I need to like if it's if it's just who wants just white? You know, you could change it to blue, purple, you know what I mean? I, and then what really got me was the massaging in the seat, and the driver's seat, like it, it'll massage you while you're driving down the road. I was like, I feel like I need this. I feel like I need this vehicle right here, right? He provides us everything for our enjoyment. But the Lord helped me, and I got through. Mm. And praise Jesus. <laughs> Yes, hallelujah. So now he continues. This is so helpful. This is really, I mean, it's what we need to hear. Verse 18, he says this. Again, command them, again, because he's he's a pastor. Uh, How many of you would love it if I started commanding you, right? You'd be like, I don't know who you think you are, man. I don't know either, I'm stopping. Not commanding. You don't command the American church to do anything. Command them to do good and to be rich, in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. It's so important. This is so powerful. It's such an obvious truth, but it's hidden and secret and we so often miss it. And this is not just a command for the rich, but this is a command for the people of God that we do good and that we be rich in good deeds, that it would be said of us, that we are rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. That we would be generous, that we would be willing to share. Really, this is a very relevant teaching and truth for the American church because whether we know it or not, we're pretty wealthy. We're rich. Like the rest of the world's looking at us and they're thinking, yeah, you're, you guys are rich, man pretty wealthy if you've got you know an extra bedroom in your house that is just for when guests come over wealthy rich if you can go to your refrigerator and ice comes out the door like my refrigerator's got this thing right on the door you push it and ice comes out almost any time i want to every now and then it gives me trouble anybody else do that I had to open this thing up the other day and take a hair dryer to it, and, and then it of ice again. It's like I was like, "Lord, I'm 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 so, Lord, I need some help, man. I mean, you've got to help me. I'm I'm so struggling here. I'm having to air dry my my ice maker, Lord. Can't we get a better fridge, Jesus? I, I thought you were blessing me. I thought you were going to help me. I thought I was going to be blessed, Lord. Yeah." <laughs> I've got a fridge. That ice comes out. I'm blessed. I've got a freezer in that fridge. I've got a freezer in the laundry room. I've got a freezer sitting outside on the porch. I've got two cars. I've got several pairs of sneakers. I don't even know how many clothes I have. I find new ones all the time. I'm like, wow, that's nice. Right? We're (laughs) we're rich. Wealthy. So we need to hear this from the Lord, that we, be good, that we be rich in good deeds and that we be generous and willing to share. This word right here is so important. I wanted to just highlight this for us, that we be generous. I think this is the key right here to all of this. Let me finish reading this and then we'll just come back here to this word, generous. In this way, doing this, in this way, Lay up treasure for them in this way they lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. A treasure that will last, that will not go away. Isn't that amazing that that in good deeds and in generosity and a willingness to share, that we can lay up treasure that will last and not perish, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. And here, right here at the end. Paul identifies to Timothy, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the deceptiveness of wealth. The deception of wealth is that it claims that it is life. That it is truly life. Wealth says, abundant life is found in me. That's why we desire it, right? It's, it's having the Mercedes that will massage your back. Right? Having the, the, the four or five boats that you never use. What are some of these rich people They got, like, doesn't Tiger Woods, he's got like a, a yacht that, that would take my entire lifetime earning to fill it up with gas. Like, what do you, What? why? You know what, you know, we think that that is life. You know, I'm, I'm not, Tiger, bless him, have at it. Mm. We think that that's life. It's not truly life. It's false life. This is why he says that they could take hold of life that is truly life. You see, abundant life is not found in riches. It's not found in wealth. It is found in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it is only in Him that we will truly live. And when we recognize that, we have found true life. Money, wealth, riches promise life and they do not deliver. That's why when you get it all and you recognize I still am missing something that everybody falls in to heartache and despair and depression because now they don't know where to go to truly find life. I'm telling you, it's in Jesus. He said, I've come that you might have life and that more abundantly. I know you know that. I know all of you online know that. So let's not desire wealth. Let's not desire riches. If we do, we desire a dangerous thing. Let's not pray for wealth and riches. If we do, we pray for a dangerous thing. Don't go play the lottery. I mean, don't go do it at all. But if you do, don't go do it and ask God to to help you win it so that you can pay off the church. Because if you get it, it's going to take away your life. That's what Proverbs says. It says, it says that, that wealth that didn't come through labor takes away the lives of those who get it. Don't go asking for it. It's not going to come anyway. God knows better than to answer that prayer. And if you do, you are asking for and desiring something that is dangerous. Instead, Instead, let's desire this. Let's desire to be generous. Instead of desiring to be wealthy, let's desire to be generous. Instead of praying for wealth, let's pray for generosity. Let's ask God to make us generous. And let's become generous people and when we are generous this is such a key we cut down that thorn of the deceptiveness of wealth we burn it up and destroy it so that it is gone just by our generosity and by our generosity we lay up treasure in heaven which doesn't perish and can't be stolen and won't go away and we and we lay hold of of life that is truly life and we help Help others to find true life as well when we are generous. Instead of desiring riches, desire generosity. Instead of praying for wealth, pray to be generous. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to begin to pray. Pray. Here's what I want you to do, all you who are watching, listening. I want you to begin to pray. Stop praying for riches. Stop praying for wealth. For many people, that'll that'll clear up a lot of time. Clear up a lot of their prayer life. Start praying for generosity. Start praying, Lord, change my heart. Pray, the, pray Psalm 51, uh, David, give me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. It, it, that, that prayer is David praying, Lord, change my heart. There's like this desire in my heart for wealth, for riches. Lord, change it and make it desire generosity. Make me me one who is not only willing to share, but loves to share, longing to share. I don't want us to be, I don't want us to to like put on generosity as as a garment and then take it off. I want you to pray that you will become generous. That it will become a part of who you are. That God will rework you and remake you. And He can do it when we begin to pray it to a generous person to where you love to give. You can't even help yourself. You want to give. You want to share. You want to do good. You want to bless because it's who you are. That's the kind of prayer I want you to pray. Lord, simply pray this. Lord, change my heart. Make me generous. Make me a giver. Make me a blesser. Help me to be someone who, who does good because it's who I am. And if we lay down all that other praying and we start praying that God will change us and make us into generous people, then we will become who God has called us to be. We will become generous. And I'm telling you, that is going to deal with the deceptiveness of wealth. When we are giving, 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 wealth doesn't catch our eye. It doesn't deceive us. It doesn't get our attention. It doesn't take our trust or our hope, become our passion or our desire. Something about being generous and blessing and giving, we find more in Enjoyment and life in that than any Mercedes that we could buy that would massage our, our backside. You know, as soon as you get that, you're like, oh man, that didn't do it. That wasn't it. That wasn't it. And then we see something else, you know, the, the, the iPhone 25. Right, And we got to get the iPhone 25 right? that will do everything in the world for me now. Like little arms come out of it and it will wash my dishes. You know, i got to get the iPhone 25. And when I get the iPhone 25, I realize that doesn't satisfy either. But when you give, you can't ever get away from that. You can't ever get over it. You think about it every now and then and you're like, man, that was so great when I did that. When I gave, when I was generous, when I blessed, it was wonderful. It's truly life. It's truly life, and it takes care of this problem of wealth and riches and the deceptiveness that comes with it. Listen to me, young people. Don't pray for money. Don't wear yourself out to get it. Ask God to make you generous and live generous all of your days. And if you do and you're faithful in it, you better watch out because God may come then and add wealth without any trouble to it. But don't you do it for that. Don't you try to trick God. You can't. He knows your heart. He sees your intentions. You cry out to God and you ask Him for generosity. Generosity so that you can lay hold a life that's truly life. Generosity so that you can cut down the the vine, the the weed, the thorn of of the deceptiveness of wealth so the Word of God can grow up in your life and so that you can cause and have an effect on others so that the Word of God grows up in their lives as well. Pray this. I I wrote it down so that I wouldn't, wouldn't forget it. You may not like it, but I'll share it with you anyway. Just pray this simple prayer. Just pray it to the Lord, obviously. We're going to pray to the Lord. Oh Lord, make me generous. Isn't that easy? Make, make me generous. Not something I put on and take off, but make it who I am. Like Jesus is, is faithful and true. Right? It's not something that he puts on and takes off. It's not something that he lays down every now and then. It's who he is. He's faithful because it's, it's his DNA. He's faithful and true because it's his, it's his makeup. It's his nature. He can no, he can no more be unfaithful or, or, or false uh, than uh, than he could be uh, not God. He is faithful and true. That's what I'm talking about. Praying that we would be generous. That it's who we are. Oh Lord, make me generous. And since that was just too short for me, but you can, you can hold it right there if you like it. Since that was just too short for me, I added this in there. Give me the gift of joyous, cheerful, over and atop, over and above giving. Bless me, Lord, with the gift, the gift of being generous. Make me generous. I thought it'd be a great way to today, tonight, this morning. Help me, Lord, to, be, to preach <laughs> this morning that we would just pray this together and just bow our heads and, and I'll just lead us and you can pray this from your heart however you would like to pray it. But just to pray and ask God, not for riches, not for wealth. Isn't that crazy? We're not going to ask Him for that. We're going to ask Him for generosity. Let's pray. Oh, Lord... Make me generous. Give me the gift of joyous, cheerful, over and above giving. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. This morning, let me just ask you all who are here, and ask all of you who are watching or listening, if you've not trusted Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, if you've been looking everywhere else for abundant life, but this morning you recognize that abundant life, that true life is found in Christ and in Christ alone. I want to give you the opportunity this morning to give him your heart, to give him your life, to make him your Lord and your Savior. Would you just bow your heads with me and close your eyes? This morning, if you want to invite Jesus into your life and enter into the abundant life that is only found in him, I just ask you to raise your hand. I just want to pray with you. Amen, I see your hand. I see your hand. If that's true of you who are watching online, I just pray that you'd raise your hand right there wherever you are. If you're driving, listening to a podcast, keep one hand on the steering wheel, but raise the other one up strong and high. And If you've raised your hand this morning or if this is the desire of your heart, then just pray with me. and I'm just going to lead you in inviting Jesus into your life and making him Lord and Savior. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. And I open my heart, and I ask you to come in. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Forgive me. Cleanse me. And change me. Make me Jesus. Into who you want me to be. I give you my life. I give you my future. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Pray this prayer. Ask God to make you generous and live, and then live generous. And you'll never regret it. And the cool thing is, you'll cut down that thorn. The Word of God will become fruitful in your life his blessings start to be poured out upon you. And that's good, 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 abundant life stuff. God bless you. Have a great afternoon. Check us out on Wednesday night and, uh, and share today and next Wednesday night so people can hear. And I'll see you back here Sunday. God bless.